Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Hopefully we're all able to have a good and restful weekend, somewhat, as we continue on not knowing the results of the midterm election from, again, last Tuesday. And the Senate looks like it has been most likely decided whether the balance of the actual elections comes out to be fully truthful when the final results are brought forward. And then uh, we'll get into the House and some, some governor's races, more specifically Arizona. But today we want to look at the after effect of the story we followed for the past couple weeks of King Josiah and looking at the results of his getting the nation of Israel back into alignment with God's covenant, even though the Lord continued to bring down the judgment on King Josiah. And if you haven't um, or don't have a subscription to Glory Zion TV, yesterday Robert Heiler did a very fantastic message on um, really King Josiah and and the transition to him and after him and what that really meant. And he did a deep, deep, deep dive that I think that I know I will be looking back at um, later today and this afternoon and this week because it really tells, obviously, um, with what we've been going through here in this nation, where we're at and how to get back into that proper alignment. And it doesn't mean we're getting away from the judgments um, of the Lord as we talked about yesterday, um, even in, in uh, the sermon at Christian Center, and uh, even at um, Morningstar, they sp- uh, their speaker, I forget, forget his name, he spoke about uh, some of those similar things of getting back into that alignment, that covenant relationship with the Lord, not not in the King Josiah story, uh, but in other contexts. And it, but it was, I would highly recommend, if you don't have a subscription to Glory Zion TV, watch it um, today or tomorrow, because uh, they usually pull it all down later in the week if you don't have a subscription, but they leave it up for about a week um, for those to watch for free on replay, and it's very, very good. Now, one thing uh, Robert talked about is he said Daniel was a result, and, and those who went and stood for the covenant relationship with Israel in Babylon were a result of King Josiah getting back into that covenant with his whole heart and soul. To summarize a bit, bits and pieces of that, and so we, I want to look at some a, a story out of Daniel seven, and, and really pray as we're going through dethroning the thrones of iniquity, and, and pray for some of the things that we can pray for in our lives, in our cities, our states, our nations, etc. And, and I understand that this battle will continue to rage on, and it, and it won't necessarily exempt us from the realities of us walking away from the Lord. Now, in Daniel 7, we see the story of the vision of the four beasts that Daniel has, and 
the vision and, and understanding and trying to seek understanding from it in dealing with the um, Ancient of Days reigns. And then the Son of Man presented as sitting on the throne. And, and I'm going through this at a high level so we can understand, okay, this is where we're at in Scripture. And then he goes forward and tries to get an understanding of the interpretation of this vision that he's seeing. And I want to jump down to verse 20. Uh, I really want to look at 25, but 23, it talks about how he's he goes to someone to seek an interpretation and talking about how the fourth beast in this uh, is the fourth kingdom um, on the earth, which will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. And the ten horns out of the kingdom, ten kings will rise, and another will rise after them, and he will be different from the previous ones and will subdue three kings. Then this is the point I want to highlight, because this understands the the battle that we're dealing with here, uh, with the enemy and with the Lord. It says, he will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the highest ones. So this, this king that is coming to tear apart the earth, the scripture says here in Daniel, this kingdom, this beast, spiritually speaking, will come and, and try to wear down the hope, the endurance of those who have the fear of the Lord, to try to get them to not fear the Lord. Other examples of that have been have come throughout history, but now it's it's in this fourth beast arises. Is that's what that's the goal of it. That's why it's important to have endurance, to continue to rely upon the Lord, continue to walk with the Lord daily. And then he goes, then the scripture goes on to say, and he will intend to make alterations in times and in law. And they will be given into the, his hands for a time's time and half a time, but the court will sit for judgment and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated and destroyed forever. So eventually in the long term, the Lord's going to take his authority and take his dominion and rule over the earth as he is the king of kings, the Lord of lords, you know, it's ends from the beginning, the Alpha and the Omega. Again, quoting Revelations there. So we see that and we understand that we're in a season where the the enemy works through laws and times. He's going to use the law and, and, and time to his advantage um, in whatever position of authority that he may have um, the enemy in the earth. And so what we want to do is, is ask the Lord to break any legal structures that might be working against us individually. And then confess any sin of presumption or insecurity that has made you get out of God's timing. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to tip you, as scripture says here, out of that endurance and that faith with the Lord. And if you're in that place of anxiety, of stress, of insecurity, of presumption, you therefore start to rely upon our own strengths, your own strengths. And we've all been guilty of it, myself included, at times in our lives. But it's that understanding of that peace, getting back to the fruits of the Spirit, understanding that Christ died on the cross. And yes, it's we, we know it, but are we living it? And, and it's a daily struggle and a daily battle and understanding that there are things even going on right now that the enemy is trying to use times and laws, even within the spiritual sense and understanding God's kingdom authority and kingdom laws, protocols to be able to get people out of those positions of being able to have authority here in the earth. And so we just want to to deal with that as we continue to stand um, and go forward on our, our journey of dethroning the thrones of iniquity. Okay, now with that, 
understanding that the enemy shifts times and seasons and laws uses laws to do so. Uh, some good things have come about, some things I want to talk about, and just want to kind of stay high level as a lot will be happening this week and some things we really want to stay focused on and praying for. Okay, so good news first out of, we mentioned this last week, is that in Israel, Netanyahu would be presented with the opportunity to form his government. He was officially formally did that yesterday as the meeting happened at noon Israeli time, so that follows suit moving forward. And all intents and purposes is believed that Netanyahu will be able to form a government um, despite the outside speculations and trying to tear things apart um, for Israel, which is ever more increasingly beneficial for Israeli to have selected Netanyahu at this point in time because now you have Iran putting out in Hebrew in their own newspapers that they have a 400-second um, hypersonic missile that could threaten Israel. This is the problem with Iran getting nuclear power. This is the problem of Iran um, not being watched truthfully by the UN's um, Interto uh, International Atomic Agency. And so this is now where they're at. Now, the reality is, is, is this really true? Nobody knows if this has been fully tested. Um, there is one quote that I do want to read that is quite alarming and really just exposes the whole threat that, or exposes the reality that Iran just wants this um, for medical purposes and to, to just help their country um, at this time. When the um, uh, a IRGC general, Amir Ali Haji Zadeh came out and said both defense systems that defend inside the atmosphere and extremely expensive systems that deal with missiles outside the atmosphere is talking about this ballistic missile. He said this new missile of the Islamic Republic of Iran will pass all of them and I don't think that technology will be found that can deal with it for decades. Basically saying is we have the most superior weapons in the entire world and there's nothing anybody can do about it and won't be able to do anything about it for decades. So prepare to um, be weeped uh, and bow down to us basically. Uh, if you read between the lines, there's what he's trying to say, and it, it's really a a play, there's playing a poker game. It's a house of cards. Nobody knows if this is really true. There's no tests that have been shown to prove that this is this is happening. Otherwise, <laughs> and if you know anything uh, uh, about Iran, I bet some information is going to start to come out about this. Um, if this were really if this is really true, it could be a bluff. To get people out, to get out of the I, to get back into more so the Iran nuclear deal. Uh, Francis Macron, Prime Minister of France, Emmanuel uh, Macron, came out and basically said, uh, "Yeah, there's no way forward on this Iran nuclear deal." He's not he's not the one leading these negotiations, but he is heavily involved, and so is his France in the UK. He's basically saying, "No, there's no way we're we're moving forward on this. We're too far apart," and which is a good thing, um, but. The issue still at hand is Iran is go moving forward continually towards enriching uranium. Now they're saying they have this ballistic missile that no military technology in the entire world can do anything about, both in this atmosphere and in space. So read it and weep. Very troubling. Um, but the, the redemptive 
purpose, be, an idea behind this, and, and, and qu- quality taken from this is that Netanyahu is back in place. And he comes from a military background within Israel's governmental framework. He will do everything within his power to make sure Israel is strengthened and focused on its national security in a time like this. And before, the government before did not do that. I mean, giving away water, oil, and water rights at a time where you need it and security purposes you need it, um, I think shows that. Okay. Now, on the home front, I want to touch a few things um, and kind of stay stay high level as we're still continuing to await the results of the midterm election. Um, but first, um, pray for those in Charlottesville and around University of Virginia as there is a – last night was a – um, suspect at large who was believed to um, be unfortunately gunning down people on the campus. Uh, the, the campus of uh, University of um, Virginia is shut down. No no classes. Day. Everybody's pretty much locked down. can be a very tense situation for people. It's not the first time something like this has happened. And this is something to be very mindful of as we ha- we even have some people in those regions um, who watch and follow us. So, so pray for them in, in this season. And then we get to the midterms. Okay, so most likely, as of things fall right now, whether there's nefarious acts and things going on, still yet to fully be determined, these Democrats will hold the Senate. It sits, um, was it 50-49 for Democrats-Republican as they're calling Arizona and Nevada for Democrats there and obviously the toss-up in Georgia with the runoff there. If it's the best scenario as of right now, is 50-50 split, and then unfortunately you have the tiebreaker with the vice president, which I think we all know where that lies. So that's where things lie. Now, whether Nevada is as it is being projected right now, going for Democrats, and most likely looks like Arizona will as well. The gap's the gap in Arizona is too far for Masters to come back from. The gap for um, Laxalt and Nevada uh, is questionable, and they're still not done counting. So what they believe is that the counties left to count, quote-unquote, <laughs> don't bode well for Laxalt, um, and neither do they for Masters, unfortunately. Now, in the Arizona governor's race, things are not looking up for Lake. And highly questionable decisions have been made over the weekend, Um as they if they actually were counting, I reported last week that they weren't, um, but they, I think, just came back in and, and with media pressures were were voting, and I think some reports that I read were wrong. So they actually were voting all week, uh, counting the votes all weekend, and um, Lake in Maricopa County and some counties that she should have in Pima County should have gotten if she were to have believed to be winning. She should have gotten higher percentages. She didn't. There's still a significant amount left to be counted that the Lake team, um, people like Charlie Kirk, those are, are paying attention to this. And Charlie Kirk's on top of this since he's in Arizona. And he has a history with campaigns and, and dealing with this type of thing. So he's very knowledgeable on this situation. Doesn't look very well, very well for Lake. Now, does that mean everything's above par? That's still in question there. Um, but as of right now, and, and look, they may have to go to a recount. Things are very, very close. As of right now, their separation by 26,000 votes, 
and there's still some left to be counted. They're at 93%. When you get to 95, 97, 98%, we'll tell you where that may fully lie out now. The question is, is um, should you allow people who, who didn't fully fill out ballots on the day of the election or mail-in balloting be legal? Um, should mail-in balloting be, be legal in the first place? Uh, question upon question upon question arises. And uh, we saw, for those who have paid attention to us from the very beginning, with the issue of Maricopa County, even in the 2020 election, is that they will let you do a recount. They will let you look at everything. But at the end of the day, is the one thing you need to be able to look at, they won't let you look at. If you, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. I don't want to say it because I don't want to get censored. But the issue is there are questions that need to be answered still even in this election, and they're not being answered. They're allowing things to happen. You understand? They've changed the law to allow this type of scenario to happen. So when we say, when people, when people like Trump say, well, this is defrauded, this is, and in historical standpoints, they may be right. But the laws in the land right now, unfortunately, allow for this craziness to happen. That's what people need to realize. That's what people need to deal with moving forward. And in the House... Um, things are going to come down to California. I'm going to pull this map up. This is probably one of the better maps of showing where things really lie in the House races. Most likely believed that before this weekend <laughs> that Republicans were easily going to handle and get the 218 that they needed. Well, some delays and really no action out of California has come as some races are still uh, showing that like 30 and 40% of the vote has only been counted, um, where in some of these races, Republicans are looking like they'll win um, or hold. Um, even in Arizona, this this gray spot here in Colorado is uh, Lauren Bobart, as it's looking like because the margin of victory for Bobart is so narrow, they're going to have to go to a recount to verify her election um, results in Maine. You have... Again, a delayed result there. So things are being delayed there. We don't fully know exactly what will happen. And I think anybody saying they know this for certain um, either has some insider information that Americans, that the, the rest of the world doesn't know, or they're just making it up. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's I From last week, I believe it showed that Republicans would hold at least get 218. Right now, all cards are up in the air. I, I mean, just depending on how things play out in Arizona, in California, and if you have any trust in California, know um, that there's nothing you can trust. So the reality is, is the House is in the air. If anything, it'll be split, narrow margins in the House for Republicans, and the red wave was stopped or non-existent in the first place. And I'll get to some of that in a second. Um, next, I want to talk about a story that I think um, is very revealing for investments and for people's state of mind when it comes to the idea of securing the bag, of setting up your financial future. And the story is, Maybe you've paid attention to it. Maybe you haven't. 
the idea of this company called FTX. It's basically a trading platform for cryptocurrencies. And you may say, well, Zach, why is this important? We're here praying about this nation, the office of the president, etc. The reason I want to talk about this is because it's believed, highly, highly believed, that this organization and its its um, CEO at the time, San Bankman Freed, um, received funds and gave funds to the Democratic Party. He was the number two Democratic donor last year for Democrats, right behind George Soros. Now, just understanding this. The other issue is that with this cryptocurrency, you have a lot of companies like this going under right now, not just this company. And I've said it for quite some time, and I want to spend a few seconds here dealing with this, is that cryptocurrency right now is a very highly unregulated market. There are no liquidity measures to make sure... Um, these type of trading platforms. Again, this is not an actual cryptocurrency. This is a trading platform. Like, think of the New York Stock Exchange or a casino where you go in and you hand in your your American dollars and you get chips, things like that. I'm, it's, I'm speaking very high level, but that's pretty much what's happening here of how this company operates. They operate out of the Bahamas and there's a bunch of subsidiaries underneath it, which is just baffling to have that many and how it operated. There's a host of stories coming out, things that do not look good for this organization and how they operated. And one uh, one report from the Daily Wire talks about this, is that the opening line says this. It says, uh, cryptocurrency exchange platform FTX experienced a liquidity crisis that led to the company's bankruptcy and erased the fortune of San Bankman-Fried, its young billionaire, which they believed he had upwards of $30 billion in, in um in assets, which they would consider him a billionaire, but in reality is he didn't have a penny of that. So when they say, oh, his, his fortunes were erased, no. His fortunes are now realized that he has nothing because the company was built on a house of cards. They loaned money to another company, and they didn't have the funds to actually stay liquid, and it goes deeper than that. But the reality is, is right now, the cryptocurrency market is very, very volatile. And when you hear people and companies advertising like FTX, if you remember the Super Bowl, that's all it was. Um, MLB, the the umpires had the the FTX logo there. Commercial after commercial after commercial. Uh, Miami Heat, formerly the American Airlines Arena, was the FTX Arena. Um, I mean, celebrity Tom Brady, YouTubers, everybody in the world um, believed in this company, all because of the hype of cryptocurrency. And people trying to rush to get the bag. And, and I'll say this. Is the problem right now with cryptocurrency is you have a lot of tech people trying to be finance people. And they don't know how to operate, unfortunately, these companies. And so, like Twitter, they're over-leveraging themselves. They're spending on things they shouldn't be spending on. And that's why Elon Musk came in and bought them. In this situation, nobody's buying them. Nobody's helping them out because they're over-leveraged and they're mismanaged. Now... You say, well, okay, it's the company's fault. Well, uh, not so much because the SEC in and of itself also has some problems in an, to begin with. As Gary Gensler, the SEC's commissioner, um, is supposed to be dealing with companies like this and making sure stuff like this doesn't happen. And because the cryptocurrency market right now is unregulated, 
to the degree that banks and other financial institutions in the United States are, things like this are bound to happen. So if you're going to get involved, be very aware that scenarios like this of losing everything overnight. I mean, there are retirement funds, pension funds that were invested in this gone. There were even some um, high investment firms, um, venture capitalists who put billions and billions of dollars, BlackRock being one of them, others as well. And everybody got duped by this guy. There were things he were doing that you couldn't have tell because have known because he he because he was a tech person he understood how to put things on the back end in code to do things without people realizing what actually was happening. Like their accountant didn't even know some of this stuff. Should they? I mean, if you're looking at both companies auditing, yeah, you could, but and ask questions. But the reality is, is like these were things people were seeing and they didn't even what they were being told was a lie. And the story of Enron, if anybody remembers that play out in this scenario so the the reason i want to bring this up is because when something sounds too good to be true a lot of times it is and in this scenario is people wanted to to secure their fortunes people are thinking this that and the other but the reality is right now it is a very volatile and unsecure market and something to be very wise of and aware of and, and, and potentially um, be very very cautious before moving in uh, and getting involved in this based off of an assumption from somebody. Uh, one of the the first things you learn, uh, if you were ever to be considered for a financial advisor, <laughs> is never give away advice. Um, and, and never just, when somebody asks you a question, just say, yeah, you should do this, or start giving stock advice. That's That's a bad idea. Because you as the advisor understand some things, and you need to sit down with the person and understand where they come from, are they willing to take on risk, et cetera? So when people just say, oh, yeah, this, this blah, 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 let's do it, let's do it, let's go, let's go, let's go. Red flag comes up and it's time out, time out, why? And and then you also have to understand, are you the type of person who needs to be in that market? Can you handle the risk for your own life financially, number one? But then number two is, is can you handle the stress that comes with such a volatile market right now? And it's still yet to be determined whether this cryptocurrency will play out in the long run and be something that is, is relied upon. Now, will the block the story the reality is is more so the blockchain technology will, but that's neither here nor there. I want to move forward. But I want to bring that up because it's it's a point of of, of caution. Um, I don't know if any of you guys are in it, but um, something to just be aware of. And it's not an I told you so, it's a hey, this is still under an undetermined market. If you understand it, fine. Take the understand the risks that are involved, because he this guy was over leveraged beyond his eyeballs. Like he he was triple triple leveraged, like taking risks nobody should in their right mind should have ever taken. Now, okay, um, moving forward this week, that's from this past weekend. Now moving forward into this week is Congress and the Senate <laughs> head back for a lame duck session. We talked about this before the elections. Now it's here. None of these people who are about to make votes on any of this stuff have any repercussions whatsoever because they're either going to stay in office because they won their election, they're going to stay in office because they weren't up for re-election, or they're going to go out because they lost their election. So 
everyone is vulnerable. They have nobody holding them accountable during these votes. This is why it's very problematic to even hold these votes during this lame duck session. And some of the things possibly up for a vote are obviously the leadership races in both um, the Republican and Democratic Party, which I'll get to here in a second before I close. And then you have um, must-pass items, which are the budget and defense bills. Very problematic to be passing now after an election. And some wish list items, which are same-sex marriage, electoral reform, and raising the debt ceiling even more. So you have these things coming up. And we'll hopefully touch on them the rest of this week um, to pray for, to pray for both Republican and Democratic senators to understand that now is not the time to be voting for this. Could it possibly be voted for? Yeah, that that's the sad thing um, this week and, and the coming weeks and really until the next Congress is put into place and until these elections are fully determined. Now, the very last thing I want to close on is we're seeing these calls and these splits for like uh, Senator Josh Hawley calling for a change in leadership in the GOP um, from the RNC head to McCarthy, McConnell, even Scott. Um, but the reality is, is number one, this is very real. And it's a shakeup that I think is needed because both the Democrat and Republican Party need to realize where we're at as a nation is the foundations need to be shaken. Whether it'll happen or not, it's still yet to be determined. Um, the Freedom Caucus in the House for the Republican side is very upset with McCarthy and how he led and very upset with um, RNC Chair Ronald McDonald, or McDaniel, excuse me. So there's a lot of things coming out about this, and, and, and I think so, a time of retrospection and a time of humbleness is something not only for our individual selves, but for our leadership, the leadership of this country, uh, whether on the right or the left, n is something that hopefully, uh, like a Daniel, like a Josiah, of realizing where we're at in this nation and where the Lord would desire us to be and, and the, the covenants we've made with the Lord, of whether we're honoring those or not. And, and I think you guys know the answer to that. And, and some questions arise and continue to arise around not only this election but how this country is being um, run and where this country is going and the hearts and minds of people and some of the things that they want because it's not just leadership it's the people when you have such a high segment of the population voting for a dead man or someone who can barely form sentences or um, just voting because of party block on the right and the left it, it, it is a portion where it is are we having the fear of man? Are we having the fear of God? And, and knowing that, like a Daniel, searching out the, the truth of his revelation that he had of the four beasts and what's to come and, and, and the long-term game of this. It's not just, if we think short-term, okay, we're going to lose hope, we're going to lose our endurance, give up. But if we think long-term, okay, these things will happen. But in the end, our hope is in the Lord because he will um, fully manifest his dominion rule as he sits on the throne. So with that, uh, let's continue to stay engaged, stay encouraged, <laughs> and, and continue to walk on the foundation of the Lord in this season as we pray for the nation of the office and the office of the president. 
Uh, and don't forget, we have our noon prayer today where we'll go over some more things, some more revelations, and later this week as we dive into some revelation um, put out prophet by some other prophetic voices and the news of today. Blessings, and I'll see you guys later. Have a good one.